0: Seems as good a time as any to say this is verbal tap. The show that's, I mean, we prove fighting's easier from outside the cage. We couldn't have predicted this whole judgment of 2020 that we thought we would have had fleshed out by the ESPN deal. Not. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Rafa Sparza and the unique Eli Knight. Uh, Jiu Jitsu in the Sheets. Fun in the streets, I think, is the website. I'll have to look back. But Mm -hmm. Raf, John Jones gets another close decision. But how are you? Let's get in your headspace before we get into business.
1: Way better than uh, Jose Solis, I'll tell you that much.
0: Is that the referee's name?
1: That is the referee's name. (laughs) Uh, Can I express something very quickly? I want to start the conversation before we go any further by looking at our guest. Directly across the digital eyes of the <laughs> interwebs, and saying, "Eli, how did you have that fight scored?" Uh, you know, okay,
2: I, I was I, I was a heavy John Jones favorite going into it. I mean, I, I'm like I, I have a, a pretty good ability to separate. The, the moral character of a person from their abilities and all that. It's like this you know Bill like Cosby was still a character Yeah, Michael Jackson still made great records. I mean it's it's just <laughs> I, I have this had this ability honed over the years. So um now I and I didn't know a whole lot. I, I'd only seen like one of uh Reyes' fights ever leading up to this. And you know then I started studying up on him a little bit, reading about him. I, to to be as disinterested as possible watching that fight, I think, honestly, it could have gone either way. I think oh, if I were... You took us on a journey to be like, <laughs> I don't know, baby, no, same I I could totally have scored that for Dominic Reyes because I could have given him the first three rounds pretty handily. Um And I don't think... That the the four and five were dominant enough to offset any score differential in the first three. That's my opinion about it. Um, but uh, here's my here's the ultimate thing for me. If you're going to dethrone a long-standing, extremely dominant no. champion, oh, God, okay. it has to be dramatic. No. And I, no, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying this is how it should be. I'm saying this is kind of how it is because there are emotional factors that play into it uh as far as because the, the the more that the UFC like starts to flirt with professional wrestling type, you know, uh the that paradigm, then Easy. then it's gonna be more and more like that. It it just is. It's it's so I think that for anybody that's gonna come in and try to win a, a decision against John Jones, it better be dramatic,
1: you know? Yes, they should faint. After doing it, just like, oh, oh, I just won this fight, and I have got so much drama. They well, for a table, y- Kevin, listen, I need to talk to somebody who I don't know where I stand with now. I might be the lone voice on this one. Where do you stand? What's the score? Tell me now.
0: I've been thinking a lot about this, and <laughs> I've been trying. Here's to put, the journey. I've been Why try- does everyone have a monologue on this bullshit? Just <laughs> fucking
1: say your answer. <laughs>
0: The UFC judges use takedowns like the Fast and Furious franchise uses nitrous oxide. Wow. It doesn't. It doesn't ever make sense. Sometimes it blows up the car. Sometimes it sends you through buildings, and sometimes they're like, eh, "It doesn't matter at all." Here, the judges thought it was the type of nitrous that takes you across two towers in downtown Dubai. So. Hmm. I thought it was complete and utter bullshit. I have no idea what fight they were watching. I have no idea. You can give John Jones four, sure. Three, maybe. He got uppercut. He definitely got knocked down in one. He got knocked around in two. And I'm not entirely sure he won five, but it was just such a horseshit sort of we knew this was going to be how he won. So I did feel a little like champ's edge. That's all I felt. But Raph, yeah. you were, you're were you with me. You're just like, what fight were they watching? Because I had him. I had it 49-48, 49-48,
1: 49-48. Are you asking me my opinion? And, yeah. Okay. Uh, can you do me a favor? Can you set it up by saying, Raph, uh, what was your opinion on the fight?
0: Raph, <laughs> what was your opinion on the fight?
1: Well, you know, growing up as a Hispanic child in the 90s. <laughs> I saw a lot of things that happened to my city. I saw hardship. I saw uh, gentrification.
0: Urban expansion.
1: Urban expansion. Jesus, so much (laughs) urban expansion. (laughs) And knowing that the struggles that we see here in the streets of L.A. are so similar to those of Houston and really the world, if you look at. No, this is not a fucking episode (laughs) of who wants to be a millionaire. Just answer the fucking question. (laughs) Here's how I scored it. It was 48-47, okay? Because someone had to eke out a win. I'm going to address a few things right up top just because I feel we need to get them off our chest. Number one, let's look at the first two rounds. Dominic Reyes made that fight interesting. We saw for a split second what looked like John Jones being a little mortal. We've seen it before, but it was very interesting to see that John Jones usually allows his presence and his been there, done that attitude carry through and make those fights interesting. But every time he tried to slip out or move away, his reaction time wasn't good enough. He blocked some shots, obviously, but Reyes was putting it on him. So, first two rounds, Dominic Reyes. Third round, I guess it really comes down to your perception of. Do you consider a takedown really worth it? Because if memory serves me right, there was really just one takedown. And Dominic Reyes, his contention was there was nothing established. He took him down, but he popped right back up. That's a fair assessment. But I understand to those people, if you initiate the takedown, you're doing something great. However, Dominic Reyes still had the more significant impact as a fighter to me. Personally, yes, I agree with the dog who's now joining my cause. She sounds pissed. Yeah. She sounds I, like I she's yeah. rooting for John so. Jones.
0: She's like, that but... guy likes the nose candy, and so do
1: I. <laughs> yeah. But let's get That's down a... to the surreal crux of things that happen here. Four and five, I believe, go to John Jones. And I'm okay saying that. And I agree with Eli. There's not a ten eight in there to be found, even though Dana White said, yeah, Joe Silva had that tied, 48-48 or some bullshit. And uh, I looked at that, I said, or, you know, whatever. Great. Okay. Here's where we get into some problems. Number one, the perception of you have to dominate the champ and make an impactful statement right then and there. What the fuck is the point of five rounds? Because to me, it sounds like John Jones comes in with a plus one bonus extra point. Which begs the question, why the fuck are we doing five points? Are we talking the totality of the fight? Because that's not the rule set that we have here. And yet we have people arguing as if John Jones came in with like a round extra bonus. So that by the time Dominic Reyes works these two rounds, they're like, well, he caught up. It's like, wait, no, we're two rounds in. We're <laughs> caught up. It's like, well, yeah, no, no, they're even now. No, he's not. They're both... Fucking fighting in one fight. That's why we do five rounds. So we Eli's pe-
0: an expert on those <laughs> high butt flirts in that third round. <laughs> would
1: you call those
0: takedowns? Like, what would you call that? Cause to me, there's got to be a definitive ground control before I'm like, yes, you took him down.
2: Yeah. I mean, if they, okay. So for a takedown, in my opinion, there, there's a, a MMA and, and uh, like submission grappling, and judo or there's there's kind of three different criteria but there's some overlapping criteria this is what i think about takedowns i think in mma um if the takedown is substantial in impact then it should count if it's substantial in a position established it should count if it's just like something that wouldn't have scored in any capacity in in jiu-jitsu or in judo it's just some clinch fighting, man. It's just some horizontal clinch fighting, and it's it's like those. Maybe one of those takedowns was like on the ground, like long enough to where it would have scored points in a BJJ match, but I don't think any of them, honestly. Um, so I mean, it's it's just an e for effort at that point. Uh, you know, it's like he he worked really hard, and you know, it was really hard to defend it. So he should. You know, get it's basically like scoring an advantage. It shouldn't be points. You know, uh, Ooh, we should put advantages. Hold on. No, no. Before no. we bore Raph,
0: let me throw a quick question at him. Raph, do you prefer clinch batch or high butt flirt as uh, the way to describe those? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can I choose another option? <laughs> because <laughs> I snuggle struggle.
0: <laughs> yeah there's no way Joe Rogan's gonna be able to say that there's always an edible in by the time he gets to this fight he's not gonna be able to say snuggle struggle with a straight face
1: so here's the response that we got from John Jones today there's a lot that we have now with some perspective because we're doing this two days after the fight so people have been able to say some things both people have gone on shows other people's shows not ours but they've <laughs> gone to explain their points why not gotten John Jones yet what you know there's a few reasons I think I think if John Jones has listened to any episode that we've talked about him, I can almost guarantee we will never see him on the show. We
0: did Mark. early on when we were one of the only podcasts, a serial mock podcast like uh, <laughs> NPR's of John Jones legal troubles. And I don't I mean, I, I don't know if he has a Kevin Durant like social media obsession. I can see him having it. I don't know,
1: yeah. Yeah, he might. He might hold a grudge. And more importantly, the hard part for us is we're all about media accountability, and I don't think that's high on his list of priorities in his life. He doesn't
0: really talk to the media unless he has to,
1: though he was in a pretty good mood this weekend. And anyway, (laughs) (laughs) here's what it says. Uh, This is what John Jones literally tweeted out a few hours before we went to air today. He said, Dominic Dominic outstruck me by literally 12 shots. I scored the takedowns, was the aggressor, controlled the octagon every round, had more significant strikes landed. Dom completely stopped fighting in the championship rounds and has the audacity to be mad at the judges. All right, let's start here. Number one, he was able to close up those significant strikes in rounds four and five. So while that is impressive, they stay within the realm of four and five. They don't carry over. It's not like he does some great work and then he gets part-time overtime that he gets to carry over for a vacation day number two if he's talking about the takedowns four and five yeah do what you want I totally get that but number three it just it didn't make the commitment to me so while I was watching this fight I couldn't help but think the following I said you know what it's a great fight and credit to John Jones for showing that once it got to rounds four and five he could dig deep and he showed us a true championship performance But when we're talking about the ability to beat a champion, it's a weird fucking thing that, like, you establish these rules and then say, well, fuck it. I just didn't feel he won. So (laughs) get the fuck out of here, Dominic Reyes. And I think that's the frustrating part because Dom's like, "Uh, I read the rules. I know the things. Because if you look at Jon Jones, controlling the center of the octagon isn't even a consideration anymore. It's a perspective. It's one that makes you think that they're doing something. However, he's getting outstruck. And that's not even to say that Jon Jones was running away in the first two rounds and turning his back entirely. So I get the idea that he wants to say controlling the center. But that center was really divided when he wasn't utilizing it. At the times I thought it needed. Anyway, yeah. Here's but where we
2: cool go. little graphic that they have now, though, like with a little like it looks like a, um, something like they might have on Ghost Hunters, where it has like the green splotches that shows you where the person spent most of their time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's an important graphic for the judges because, like, if you, I mean, wow. if you had a rough night the night before, I mean, you're in Vegas, and then you know it's like you you wake up around you know mid round three and you need some information to look at and you look at that graphic and then you know you you hear what you know people around you are saying but you know you mostly have to like rely on the criteria in front of you and so it's like that little infographic it's like ooh, look he was just like holding the whole center of the ring
1: you brought up judges and i feel it's time that we transition (laughs) to that so can i make my one little caveat that i think that is important to note earlier in the night at the very beginning Uh, I want to say even the first or second fight of the night during the prelims, the early, early prelims. Joe Rogan was really mad that a fight result happened. Then later on in the evening, he said something that I knew for sure was going to be problematic because he immediately saw somebody that he perceived to be as a judge and said they weren't (laughs) looking at the fights. Now, (laughs) having covered fights... I know there are monitors there. Now, the bigger thing to me is Joe Rogan, who's never heard a conspiracy that he wouldn't give a value to has now <laughs> spoken to his decreed followers who take everything as fact. Whereas I have to be somewhat skeptical, especially when I hear very quickly one, John Annick being like, well, you know, Joe, uh, It's actually – you can't really tell if that's a commissioner or a judge. And Joe's just like, well, he's not looking at the the action. And that's enough evidence for people to make assumptions that they themselves are not seeing. If John Jones was being evaluated by these people that we had in question, now we have a conspiracy. And to (laughs) me, it's one thing to have judges that are a little off. But now we have a whole fundamental system of people – Who aren't attacking the judge in the way that they should, which is, how did you do 49-46? Because that's the real criteria that I think is a little off to me. Yeah. So, to me, I will say, and I'm pretty sure it was Dominic Cruz who came in to rescue part of it. And I think he identified the problem a little bit better, which was the fact that boxing judges... Uh, have had issues in Houston. It has been a recurring problem for the UFC there. And I was happy that we got a little bit of context. But at the end of the night, they went into full dump mode. So having said that, Kevin, what make you of Joe Rogan putting a judge on Front Street?
0: I love (laughs) it. It's my absolute favorite. You're not going to get that in the NFL. Like They're not going to look over and be like, it appears the referees are conspiring against the Kansas City Chiefs. And his <laughs> indignance is always one of those, like, I guess if you are listening to Joe Rogan, there's always, you and I have a, f- like, 40 to 60%, is he just fucked up right now? And his people are not what I would call retraction readers. If you remember the old school newspapers, if someone got facts wrong, they would often print a retraction. Mm-hmm. Well, it required reading it. Usually Rogan people are like, I got the deuce. I'm good. (laughs) Fake refs heard it. Douche. Can't look at the thing. How hard is your job? (laughs) I could judge these fights because I think that's ultimately what it is. I I don't think there's a single person that walks in to that place with a extra tight shirt on that doesn't think they could judge MMA fights.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think everybody thinks that it's that it's, it's a lot simpler, but I mean, it, and I think there's a lot of people who would just jump on that opportunity to judge it, and it's it's a horrible opportunity. Like that's a shit job. Like, it, and and I think I think it was Dominic Cruz too that that uh, they were having the discussion later, and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's like being a uh, it's like being a cop. I mean, it's like you, you you can do a great job, but you're like supposed to. You know, you're supposed to get it right. You're supposed to help. You're supposed to do the right thing and make the right calls and do the right whatever. But you, if you fuck up the call, you're, you know, you're not only a disgrace for yourself, but you represent the entire, like, the entire like, system of judging. In that case, you know, which I mean, again, um, also like uh, cop videos on the internet, it sim- seems to happen quite. A bit because it seems very loud when it happens and gets a lot of attention. But, um,
0: Eli, are you a live PD fan? I just we just found out about your passion for watching cop videos.
2: That was a double (laughs) (laughs) drop. No, I I, uh, try not to watch uh, cop videos any more than I have to. Well, like like (laughs) any
0: good cop, the judges were distracted giving a DUI to some (laughs) local and missed the assault and battery in front of them. (laughs) <laughs> the Dominic Ray is provided to John Jones. Let us move to the next fight of a brutal TKO. What all say you to the Ouchtown shook again took?
2: Mm. Yeah, I, I don't think that. Um, I think the only fight that can happen for Valentina at this point is is Khabib. I mean, I don't see any other way. <laughs> there's there's really no other matchup that makes sense at this point. It's, it's Khabib and Valentina. That's, that's, I need to see that fight happen.
0: Can I pitch something to you, too, not based on any facts whatsoever?
1: You hmm. would be a Joe Rogan fan. Perfect. If you did.
0: Oh, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. This is real. This is kind of real. I, well, it's not, it's not real. It's just like, so <laughs> I heard straight up. Someone in Conor McGregor's camp, dude, said he wanted to tweet I'll fight Fighter and just a picture of Shevchenko. Can you fucking imagine? And that's the end of my Joe Rogan impression. But I, <laughs> my honest take is that somewhere in the camp, uh, someone had to take Connor's phone. Because <laughs> he had that tweet read, his Instagram read. He's like, yeah, look into his phone. And he's like, so excited. <laughs> and somebody was like, do you? not send it so i don't think you're that far off eli
2: yeah i mean it's uh at least at very least um valentina versus connor would be a good fight that would be that'd be pretty solid i mean but i don't see the intergender thing happening anytime soon um so not on us soil that's for sure but russia oh no you go to russia right now (laughs) they'll add a tiger
0: they'll do this right like
2: uh, a six on three intergender and like animals and weapons. Who's and, that
0: one crazy you know. dictator? The Chet? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. I don't want to. It's an obscure stand. <laughs> it's not the name. This of it, just in:
1: <laughs> uh, the bear that Khabib wrestles with is number eight on the pound for pound UFC <laughs> list.
2: Wants a so. rematch.
0: Uh, demands uh, it.
2: <laughs> yeah. He'll get it. He's got to go through Valentina first, though. Tough,
0: tough loss for Juan Adams. We we were all cheering for him, um, mm. and also, uh, big guy went down round one this mm. time. This I thought was a good omen because we were coming off a few long decisions, and Juan Adams was like, "It's it's now or never. I will free us from this cage." And Tate was like, "Well, we're free because I knocked you
2: out." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always I always hate seeing somebody come in and they're so excited to fight and like on their like home soil and it's just like they got the crowd behind them. It's just like they're happy and positive energy and then yeah,
1: and then death. Yeah, it's yeah. not quite a a good rallying cry because <laughs> my wife she was like looking at this guy and she goes, "Wow, this kid he's a he's a homegrown, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah, you can tell this audience. Oh, he's dead." So oh, not okay. <laughs> well, that didn't ha- so that didn't again, go well.
0: He's a Houston, Houstonite. I can we take a break to talk about the celebs in the building? Yes, before please. Before we get to Iggy doing the Beck dick, which I actually think I effed <laughs> up on my count. Oh my god, dang it! Tough, tough break for me. <laughs> so, Russell Westbrook's in the house. Mm hmm. There was I want to say there was a few basketball players actually at one point I, I didn't track all but I want to say Eric Gordon was in the house. Uh, Deshaun Watson that rocks Houston was Houston was ready for this. they were like, this is what we got. We're JJ
1: Watt was there, straight off a terrible hosting gig on SNL.
0: JJ Watt never <laughs> left. He's usually there. That's just where he lives. He has a room <laughs> in the basement. He's like, "I'm here to hang out on the sidelines, guys." And they're just like, "Yeah, <laughs> all right." I yeah, seen there was it.
2: there was so much sports ball players in there. <laughs> it was like there was uh, the one with the 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 brown like oblong ball that they kicked through the the H, and then there's mm-hmm. the Mm-hmm. The round one through the net, like there was a lot
1: of it. Very much so. I will tell you, though, they, there was one moment, I forget which celebrity it was or which fighter it was, but my wife goes, oh, no, it looks like they got their side chick in that. Like, what? <laughs> she goes, yeah, it looks like the camera guy didn't realize that they got the side piece and not the wife in the footage kind of a look. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so funny. Then they go over to Holly Berry, and she goes, see, tasteful. They don't have her fucking side piece in the shot because she's goddamn Holly Berry. And I was like, man, my, my wife picked up on that one real well. So uh, kudos to Kelly for that one. You
0: can hear her podcast coming out called The Side Piece Spotters. <laughs> Damn it's better if I can say it fast. Uh, coming out on the Verbal Tab Network. Look out. Why is Holly Berry always at these? Is Holly doing She's
2: like a, she's, secret. I, a secret. I think she's, she's like, like genuine. Yeah, she's a genuine, legit fan, and uh, she's Halle Berry. So. Um, I'm if if there's anything negative to be said about her, I'm
1: getting off right now. Uh, <laughs>
0: there is not. I honestly okay. was just, I'm just baffled. It's like got bad news feels... for
1: you, Eli. Anything good said about her, you were also gonna get off. But <laughs> oh. I digress. I want to make sure that people know this about Holly Berry. Holly Berry is a friend of Jujitsu because she was in a John Wick film and had to do tons of training. And that would actually fall into some of your department with your gun foo because God
0: take. The dogs did the work. <laughs> Sorry, oh, go they ahead. really. (laughs)
1: Hey but you know what though I heard that she was I don't know if she ended up taking one of the dogs Home or I think One of the stories was that she did So much work that by the time The stunt coordinators were coming over they're like Holy fuck these dogs will Kill for her because They're so aligned the way she trained
2: Yeah that's the thing she like she Legit like immersed In the world I mean Like she does that like she Even for like Catwoman. I remember like watching some of the uh, Loved like it. the kind of training, play. yeah, yeah, like some of the behind the scenes. The movie's piece of shit. Everybody knows. Yeah, that. But, like, you calm still, down.
0: I thought she, you were getting off <laughs> if it was
2: that. Like no, no, she like immerses herself into the the training and and of any kind of film like that. And for John Wick, she you know went through all the all the training all the course training all the firearms work the the dog training like she worked really close with them that that movie by the way was probably one of the worst uh things to happen for the dog community that could have possibly happened like in just accidentally because they took these those badass like amazing dogs that are just complete fur missiles and now everybody wants one because they think oh I'm going to go out and get this badass dog, and it's going to be, you know, just this superhero that's going to—I can snap my fingers and it's going to go kill people for me. Um, And it was a horrible, like, like, like—I mean, it's—it's not the fault of the movie or anybody in it or anything like that. But I don't know. It—it just sucks that people went out and started buying out
1: Malinois after that. Kevin knows that when they do my version of One Wick, that my adorable little French bulldog is going to be a pivotal killer in it. And she'll mostly just cuddle up to each of the villains, and they're going to be like, she's so cute! Oh god, no! And that's when I come in and stab him in the neck with a pen.
0: Nice. Oh, I was going to want some co-writer credits and be, let's do a comedy where you're never quite on time to get to the hit. <laughs> <laughs> you're just always like, it's like, I shouldn't have taken the fucking ten! I knew it! I knew I wasn't going to get there! So you're just like, constantly late. Oh, shit. <laughs> Coming
1: up on season two of one quick. Yes. Ugh, <laughs> ugh. <laughs> can we also express some concern on this result, which is Derek Lewis won ish. Uh, he <laughs> proved that like a kid who hasn't quite finished the homework but will do everything they can in the ten seconds they have before they turn it in to make a good impression. Uh, There was one moment during their fight where I think I tweeted out, you know what, tell Derek Lewis and Alir Latifi they're good, tell Giles and Krause they're back on for a fourth round. And I, I felt because there was a little bit of a slowness, and I understand that happens, but there was literally nothing that happened for about 10 minutes. Of the Derek Lewis Ilir TV fight, but the concerning aspect here is apparently Derek Lewis was saying uh, post mortem all of this that his doctor said he shouldn't have fought, that he has huh. some sort of thing that's affecting him. He didn't go into specifics, obviously, because Era Holani wasn't going to pull it out of him. But uh, there is there's some concern. Maybe the balls are too hot. Maybe he's overheating. Uh, I know we make light <laughs> of it, but we're concerned.
0: <laughs> It's winter in Houston, which is not that cold, but it's, but it's, you know, it's mild sweater weather sometimes.
1: I will say, um, I want to make sure I bring this up because y'all had opinions because I put up, uh, (laughs) votes for the main event and 64% to 36, you had Dominic Reyes, which according to Houston judges means John Jones won. (laughs) <laughs> Boom!
0: The people have spoken, Rome. and our mm. the people that listen to this show and follow us on social media have never been wrong, ever. Never. Not not not, 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 not in our my memory. Mm. Not in my memory.
1: There's <laughs> perfect.
0: There's a lot to digest in terms of the undercard because of one James Kraus, Lee Summit, Missouri's own. I got to see him. S- Talk. I always send Rafa messages. I'm like, Jace Cross is so good looking in person because he, just, <laughs> he stepped up on 24 hours' notice. He went down to Houston to coach. He stepped into fight, put on a pretty good match against Trevin Giles. In the sense that, what a what a chin and nose on that Missourian, oh. and that's the nicest thing I've said about a Missourian in a really long time.
1: Maybe ever. <laughs> I'm just I would proud. like to also point out in this fight uh there was a little bit of jujitsu which got all of us i'm sure pretty stoked and then there was some not finishing of jujitsu which made all of us go i mean not my favorite i'd like to see you finish here obviously it's tough to do and this dude is uh you know he's edging through it It, it's not an easy place to be when your back is compromised for three minutes
0: like the only like grappling part of the evening right outside yeah, that was of the, a disappointing part the obvious takedowns that black <laughs> that black belt Eli Knights like oh those were the greatest things I've ever seen John Jones wins <laughs> outside of that Great quote um <laughs> no I mean it was just not much and even John Jones like more does like bully wrestling i I guess you could call it grappling sure we've we've all seen it but he's a bully I was impressed. is Reyes do you all know sorry to flip back See what's his jujitsu business? I'm not sure. I've I have ever no seen idea.
2: It. Yeah, that I mean, that's what was like really impressive. His takedown defense because John Jones takes everyone down. Like yeah. if he wants to take you down, you usually get taken down uh, pretty dramatically. And that's like I was super impressed
1: by his takedown defense. That was crazy. Well, I think the first moment he saw John Jones go in for a takedown, he put everything into stopping it. Mm-hmm. he that look on his face is a familiar look on my face which is oh no don't do it oh fuck <laughs> uh, and I I had an appreciation for it and you know one of the things that they, they famously were showing were how many takedowns John Jones wasn't getting uh, just as a result of it and they they kept favoring that and I thought that was impressive um, yeah I don't know exactly what his jiu-jitsu business is but I can tell you dude <clears throat> that footwork that he had Uh throughout the night was what impressed me because even though in those fourth and fifth rounds, and this is the part that I think actually made me a little sad during the post-press was he said, I figured I had one through three Uh so I could kind of take four and five. And if you look at the fight,
2: uh, yeah, his corner wasn't doing the, Best job just from the sound bites that they allowed that this corner wasn't doing the best job of accurately portraying what was going on. I mean, I, I think I felt like there was they were they were kind of teetering between, and I'm not trying to armchair quarterback this. I mean, they're they cornered better than I could corner, he fought better than I could fight, like all that aside, but like they didn't necessarily accurately portray um, what was happening, they were, they were trying to do something somewhere between motivating him uh, and, and positively and then also kind of saying you know we need this to happen but hey you know what you're doing great you know you're dominating yeah. you're, you're you're doing this you're doing that um, and so that's I think where he got you know I already won the first 3 rounds it's like unless i just fall asleep or get murked in the last 2 rounds i'm going to win this fight you know that that and that might be a little bit of a, a assumption but you know it's <coughs> Kind of reinforced by what he was saying in the post fight.
1: But well, him saying it like that to me, it, it it broke a little bit on the sense of, fuck, dude, you know, i I don't know that if he put himself out there that much more, he might have been easier to catch. But uh, the fact that he never stopped moving for twenty five minutes was impressive. and I, I did note that because I know if I'm ever doing striking or or uh, you know trying to keep my hands up five minutes at a time. You know, come minute three, it's just, it feels excruciating. Uh. So to be doing that with a very high caliber person in John Jones, I had a moment where I, I like, before they said what the result was, I had a feeling. I'm not going to credit it to Joe Rogan. I'm just going to say I had a feeling. <laughs> like, I was like, you know what? John Jones might eke it out. That just might be the way it goes. And I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but I just have to prepare for it. And when it did happen, I said, you know what? Dominic Reyes has got his true Rocky moment because now he's arrived. Now people take him seriously. And that's interesting considering motherfucker has a win over Chris Weidman, who was a previous champ. Yeah. You know, he's he's got fun things. And Kev, he does have a rear naked choke submission win back at 218 at uh, UFC and Michigan. So he also has a front choke against Jesse Glass at gladiator challenge carnage <laughs> which by the way is a hilarious event that takes place in california <laughs> uh but gladiator challenge carnage sounds Gosh. like three semicolons too many
0: <laughs> i love the american gladiator <laughs> yeah. series though so if it's anything like that i'm in
1: god i gotta get the rights to that yeah you and me uh,
2: Chica. When they had that tennis ball cannon, that was oh, the part I was like, oh, man. Dodge that. I'm behind that parapet right there. Oh, you're down <laughs> you do to know. the ones you have to throw now.
0: Oh, oh shit. Oh, it's yeah. her football time, bitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here
1: we go. Do you know, as a kid who never thought anything of being an athlete when he was older, I looked at that tennis ball gun and I said, I don't care what I have to do. I want that. And <laughs> there have been advancements in that sort of technology in our time, but yet I don't want new ones i want that one i want that one that goes a questionable amount of speed that looks like it might be at a family batting cage amusement spade for five-year-olds but i want to hit a giant target above laser and i want it now um yes anyway um well oh yeah no Uh, i just go ahead go uh, ahead
2: uh, no I'm, i'm fighting back a tangent to go on and i I don't want to derail anything too far into well
1: hold on what kind of tangent are we is it a good tangent or uh, a bad tangent i I, I don't know i don't know last week you said V the mini series and i wasn't prepared Mm -hmm. for that but i'm Mm -hmm. prepared now so what do you have stocked in the chamber hit me i've got the society
2: for creative anachronism in the chamber because like whenever i was about
1: 12
2: years old 13 years old uh wasn't wasn't the most confident and secure point in my life as it were. I mean, I, I had somewhere between a mullet and a skater kind of hairstyle. Um, I, I I was really confused about a lot of things going on in my life. And my dad would um, force me on the weekends to go to the SCA meetings, the Society of Creative Anachronism, and, and which is the people who put on the Renaissance Fair, the, the Renaissance Fair is actually the coolest thing those people ever do. <laughs> There's a behind the scenes like scenes subculture of them getting together and um, you know, going in character and having like full out battles and you know, dressing and and staying in persona and all this stuff and period. Um, the reason that this is being brought up right now is because the tennis balls. Now, um you have to have, like in these battles, you have to have certain weapons, and the weapons have to be made of certain material, usually you were rattan, duct tape. If you saw the movie uh, Role Models, the, um, the kid that played McLovin, yes. kind of the stuff that he did, the LARPing stuff, right?
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, so um, the, if you were an archer, if that was part of your character, um, then you could shoot arrows. The arrows had to be PVC pipe of a certain length with a tennis ball on the end of them and wrapped in duct tape of course because that's the standard and that's that's what you shot and so you know when those hit and of course the 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 wounds and the the kills were all uh, honor based system um you you know had to go to re- uh, like uh, resurrection sites if you were killed in a battle it was this whole thing and it's like i dodged such a bullet um, growing up in that environment, because More if I had taken,
0: I, I don't know if you
2: dodged not, not literally, I mean, I literally dodged those, but literally, uh, figuratively dodged a bullet of like, I, I mean, I, I wound up getting laid at around 16. That wouldn't have happened if I had stuck with, you know, those kind of things on the weekends, going with those, those events, uh, with my dad and, um, it was basically american gladiators and, and armor real armor and um
1: i don't know what we're talking about at this can point. we stop right here mm-hmm. i need a, i need a moment because yeah. i would There's like to, to unpack- acknowledge yeah. this as the greatest tangent that has mm-hmm. ever happened in <laughs> the history of verbal Tap i actually
0: podcast. got just awe inspired around i'd say minute three i was like mm-hmm. wow yeah. I did not know where this journey was going, but I'm still on it, and then I just got sideways interested, and there's at least one person that straight up pulled their car over and is, like, calling a parent right now, and look, a lot happened just now. Thank you for at least asking. He got consent. That's a great lesson again. Like he said, Hey, can I give a tangent? And we were like, Sure. (laughs) Sure. Well, I mean, I
1: I, I need to know did people not honor the honor system when they were killed?
2: Oh, it was, there was always
1: controversy. I mean, it was, it was a whole thing.
2: I mean, it was, uh, you know, I mean, if if someone obviously hit your, your leg, you know, with a, enough impact that would have, you know, been a severe blow to the leg, you had to drop to your knees and you could continue fighting from your knees. Uh, but, you know, you, you had to do that. And there was there's plenty of times so that people didn't recognize that I saw it. Um, now, um, the reason I dodged the blow is because I, you know, watched these battles and participated in these events, you know, because I was forced to at the time. Um, but, I, you know, I was not of age yet to like participate in the actual fighting part of it and like put on the armor and all that stuff.
1: But uh,
0: like say it was uh, Lauren Murphy in the Andrew Lee fight. (laughs) Sorry.
1: No, (laughs) don't you bring it back into this thing. (laughs) I I was just going to keep
0: interjecting updates as he, as he took a breath. (laughs)
1: No, no, I have so many <laughs> more questions. This is so great. And I was
0: gonna cut him off at fifty-eight. I was just gonna I yeah. wasn't gonna tell anyone. I was just gonna oh. gently walk away and stop recording. But
1: no, this is <laughs> I, I felt like we could it have just gotten fades more from off. this. Eli, even yeah. more important question. Uh-huh. You mentioned that you, you stopped at a certain age. However, knowing what you know now, would you go back to that? Because you're not the same young child who was not as well versed in the arts of martial. Now <laughs> you have true knowledge on what to do if someone even is wearing armor. Nay, I say an extra lapel in the oh. wrong place.
2: Uh, okay, so when when I was doing like Filipino martial arts, like uh, I don't, I guess I was maybe like twenty years old or something like that, nineteen, twenty. I would have a hundred percent gone back to that time period because I would have been convinced that I would like just mess anybody up with, with uh tan. Uh, it probably was not a, a real thing, but I mean, I would have definitely capitalized on it now at that point at, at the Filipino martial arts point. Um,
1: yeah. But not now well, you got too no. much to live for now. Uh, yeah, I mean,
2: you know, I've 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 changed my views a little bit over the past, <laughs> say, you know, 30 years or so. But uh, it was, uh, right. you know, looking back on it now is is pretty pretty pitiful, like <laughs> what what some of the stuff going on was. But I mean,
1: here's the good news, Eli. Mm-hmm. It got you through, and it didn't consume you. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that was my whole be point the... of the tangent. That's what I was yeah. trying to say. Yeah, no, I know. I got was a little it. long-winded I got route
2: to go, but
1: you know. No, dude, it's like Parasite. I'm all into it. I'm way into it. It should win all the Oscars. I want that guy to give a speech for me when I die. (laughs) Like, have his interpreter say something of like, I did not know Raph, but in essence, didn't we all not know Raph? And aren't we the better for not knowing him? Thank you very much for this award.
2: Nice. I feel like I don't need to watch the Oscars now. And to lead
0: off the Fox card, um, miles. Johns <laughs> gets KO'd aggressively by <laughs> Batista and Williams. Kellen close to Kevin. Mm-hmm. It looks a lot like it with, but spikier, here defeats Alex Bonanno. And that's the point where Raph and I both were watching at the same time. We were, and we were like, wow, there's some great knockouts going on. I do. Before we get to the prelims, want to announce I fell asleep during the John Jones walkout. I'm not proud of it. I was, wow. was a tuckered out guy. Some things were consumed beverage wise that maybe weren't the best faced out <laughs> choices. Straight up fell asleep. Embarrassing. But I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to ask for, I don't know, fight God's forgiveness and frankly, I don't think I missed much because I watched it the next day. Thanks, ESPN+. Plus. Okay, Boomer, I can watch <laughs> it the next morning. That feels good. Did, and I feel the better for having cleared that out.
1: I'm glad you so- were able to admit that, Kev.
0: Thank you. Yeah. It was very embarrassing. I woke up in the fetal position on my face. I don't even sleep like that. Domingo Pilate lost to Journey <laughs> Newsen, So don't stop believing in Journey. Andre no. Uel lost to Jonathan Martinez, which was tough, especially for the Houston crowd, as Austin Lingo gets defeated by Yusuf Zayel. And I have one more noteworthy <laughs> defeat here.
1: What's that, Kev? That
0: would be the... Utter and authoritative dominance of one Eli Knight uh, mm. of Street Sheet <laughs> all the fun you can meet eat dot com. You can find him and his videos. I got beat like a drum. He thumped me. He got eight
2: right. Eight. Ooh. Eight. To, man. To my uh, how lab? many fights were there? Uh Eleven. in Toto? Um, 11. So eight out of 11. Hang on. Let me do some math real quick one second. Oh, wait. That might be um, 12. Pull out a, Yeah, Am I
1: right on that? Is that 12 now? I
0: thought there was 12 fights, but I don't
1: okay. know. We didn't, so, yeah.
0: have, we didn't have one. One got canceled. So I don't It might be 11. Well,
1: yeah. That's why I was like, wait. It's out of 11 for you guys, but 12 altogether. 11 sounds good. We'll say that. So um, the tiebreakers
0: <laughs> were not a factor for no. me. <laughs> to quote Joe Rogan
2: oh. 72%. 70 actually if we round up 73 percent yeah you got uh, a c what, minus
0: congrats
2: that was the lowest grade i made in college that was uh no, a history have, of the english language that, that was what some I, money, I, I think
1: mm-hmm. so let, met, me, met each fight re- up. let me let <laughs> me recap what it is that in my memory kevin has to do because i, uh, I
0: owe him, go ahead oh i'm sorry
1: <laughs> no because i had multiple people send me messages about that And this is the best part Is That's how I know they listen to the whole show At this point we put the shows out And anytime I get a note from somebody messaging me It means something struck a chord And ladies and gents I must admit to you <laughs> Shock knife Shock knife It's <laughs> yeah. 100% a hit. That people go Raph whatever you do Make shock knife Shock knife with shock knife. We're gonna get on <laughs> gr-
0: video for the grappling hour, and I'm gonna pitch shock knife. You can shit on the idea, add to the idea, but I'll be in full pitch character mode. Please do. Because I don't like to think of them as pitches. I like to think of them as idea exchanges. Do you hear me, Eli? Make eye contact. Uh, it's got a little Lord yeah. Dern to it. You're going to love it. <laughs> I can't I believe you introduced us to shock knife, by the way, because I so yeah. I've been telling people about it. Like, if you've heard of shock knife, <laughs> everyone's just like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "I know, right?"
2: Yeah, I, know. I feel like the company owes me a little kickback at this point. I For mean, sure. they, well, we're uh, gonna
0: need their help yeah. because we're yeah. gonna need that product. Mm-hmm. We can't. Oh, get, I've, I've can't got use uh, a knife. Right, I've no, got two like of V-pen.
2: them. Um, I can. I don't know how it is to ship them, but I've got two of them. Um, here and. I think still full battery right now actually. And so it's like, they're good to go.
0: Are they purchasable?
2: They are, they're ridiculously expensive. Um, I, a couple of years back, um, I got some for, uh, like promotional purposes to like do some like quote unquote pressure testing with them and you know, kind of like report record results and stuff like that. Um, So I had to go through like a certification process to be like a, I don't know, some kind of supervisor or something. It's like some kind of online (laughs) test. I don't know. But anyway, I got them from the, the, it's a Canadian based company that produces them and they ship them to me. And um, yeah, so I have them and I I pull them out sometimes for classes every once in a while. There's a couple of things I do in classes that for like emotional candy moments for students, um, like periodically. And one is, um, not that it's fun, but you know I'll, we'll we'll pull out the training knives and you know rubber ones for fun, and then shock knives for you know just the the people who. How
0: much you know. does it hurt? Let's get to the punch side yeah. here. How bad is the shock?
2: It's not as bad as a stun gun necessarily. Like a
0: necessarily um, is a great. Well, qualifier. that's Thank not
1: so also a great barometer of confidence. <laughs> okay,
0: okay, so it's it's so. it's more than a battery shock. It's less than yeah. Zach Galifianakis in The Hangover. Got it.
2: <laughs> right it's not not quite a taser um it's it's about like a shot collar like for a dog um oh, okay it's, yeah.
0: yeah
2: it's uh i mean it, it can on so there's there's like low medium high and then extreme like this X <laughs> like this you know it's like it's like the hot sauces that go like you know mild yeah. medium oh, oh my god i'm gonna make that show and then, oh my know, god that show hot
0: there. sauce and shock knife are coming together for oh, a no.
2: knife. like Seriously, like we, I tried, I tried to do, uh, well, <laughs> R- Raf saw, I think you saw the hu- huge, embarrassing, like, this, <laughs> like ridiculous attempt at doing a, a, a live, like, hot ones kind of like for yeah. jujitsu thing. It was like, my buddy was like, yeah, we're going to make this happen. And I'm like, I don't feel like this is the right way to do this. And it didn't work. But that, that should be a thing. There should be two big things that happen with martial arts related stuff or jujitsu related stuff. Uh hot ones. There should be, you know, there should be some you can't really do that because it's already a thing, but you know, you could rip it off somehow legally. And um drunk history. Drunk martial arts history would uh, be been there, so glorious. Just so glorious. I want yeah, to I see, remember you what's you really sad on
1: this. Uh I have done both. One oh. that is in production, and people will see. Uh, but we famously uh this is why I love being around for so many years. Yeah, this and, was and so many years
0: ago that we're gonna name drop from five years ago. Easily Correct. six years, I think maybe.
1: I love when people pitch this as if it's something new. Um but yeah, we had somebody who pitched out, you know, hey, <laughs> somebody should do like uh a, a drunk history version of uh Jitsu, and it was like, We've done it. People were like, Really? Like, sometimes they forget that it's us. They might have seen it or they forgot about it. But the hard part about it is they were very hard to produce in a short amount of time. But the reason we did it was um, Metamoros famously did not give footage away. And it was hard to do a sports recap show in the vein of, like, an ESPN uh, around the horn sort of a thing. So we outsourced it to people and many of the contributions were very funny and people sometimes still watch them like the numbers have done pretty well for us over the years where uh, they still climb because people go, "Ooh, is this the Keenan match? No, it's Kevin. God damn it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> We're, we're good times. We're not we too uh, <laughs> bad. Well, So what are you doing, Eli? You were talking about an event right before this. It sounds like that's in the works. And obviously, you, you do quite a bit of promoting and rocking around. You were just in Charlotte to just be a good partner. That's a lesson yep. for all of you trying to have a romantic plus one in this whole world of ours. But outside of that, what's going on? Let's get some... <laughs> Uh, last Eli updates for the crowd who's fallen in love with you.
2: Yes, so all three of you out there. Here's what is going on. Um, now the the next thing I have going on. Um, out of town, I'm going to uh, Decatur, Alabama, and um, the only reason I would go to Alabama is to see Brandon McCaffrey. Um, Legend and. Yep, absolutely, and it, it's. I, I've talked about how ashamed that I am of only being a few hours away from that man and not going there to experience his magic. Because uh, you know I've been a longtime fan of his, and just Crazy. I have I have trouble like making those treks. Uh, but anyway, I'm going there, and we're gonna have a little meetup between. Uh, obviously, I'm going there to visit him, but Jamie uh, Kilstein is coming over from Arizona. No. Where's he at? Arizona. And uh then Drew Weatherhead of Because Jitsu fame and reverse Kimura fame now is coming down from um which one is the state and which one's the city? Calgary, uh, Alberta. Don't do, give Alberta, them the Alberta. of
0: even getting it right. No. From somewhere okay. up in Canada where
2: yeah, no one somewhere north a
0: flying of, furt, what's going on because it's so cold. Yeah. Is north that of a? the wall. Yeah, yeah. Thank you.
2: He's He's coming down, too. And so we're, we're all meeting up down in Alabama, and um, they're actually doing a, a really cool seminar. They're doing a tandem seminar like uh, Jamie and Drew are. And so uh, that's going to be some cool stuff because both those guys are just absolutely brilliant um, in their delivery of everything from like comic to uh, jujitsu and somewhere in between. But then afterward, they're doing their first live podcast, and so their first guest on their first live podcast will be me and Brandon, BMAC, and so that's going to be a lot of fun. And um, so anyway, if uh, and everybody's welcome to come to that. I mean, it's like it's it's open to the public. The seminar is, and of course, and you know Brandon has pretty open door policy with his his school down there, and it's a uh, Tenth Planet is it Tenth Planet Huntsville. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, so anyway, this, it's going to be good times. Um, after that, I've got my digital seminar launching um, through uh, me and Budo Brothers. So I'm going to be posting about that and like, sharing stuff. I actually just made an email this weekend. We've given away 10 free videos out of it, which to me, that seems like a lot. It's like if, if you're going to sell a course, like, think about how many videos are going to be in a course. We've already given away like 10 videos out of it. And then we're, like, this email is going out like tomorrow is going to have another video in it. So we're just like giving a lot away. But the reason we're doing it is because I can say that's like less than 5% of the course is those 10 videos. So pretty happy about that. Can I say
1: that uh, casually in the background on Mm -hmm. my Facebook, um, Skynet has apparently told me that Eli Knight (coughs) has gained (laughs) access to 10 free jujitsu lessons. So it is showing me the video. And I want to compliment you and one thing, which is your synchronicity with your partner here on yeah. doing the warmups together. I uh, yeah,
2: that was that part was weird. But the rest of it's like really cool. I mean it's like, yeah, we we had to get some kind of b-roll footage and well so first
1: fun. of all, I'm gonna re-edit that footage with like African Bombata in the background yes. and have you guys break dance fighting uh, with it. But Kev had a question that never got answered last week. And it has <laughs> to do with your belt. Kev, oh, yeah. ask away.
0: What am I supposed to ask about his belt? He
1: fell he fell it asleep was again. A blue around the edge's belt and poor K on his black belt.
0: Mm. Oh, I never got it. what what is it about what are those?
1: Yeah, I, just,
2: I don't know. It just blue blews <laughs> out okay, that the was color the worst in my eyes. <laughs> like, if you look at if you look at the contrast of the blue to my eyes versus the red, obviously. The reds make my eyes like bloodshot or like I have some kind of like liver disease all the time, oh. but the blue though, <laughs> it just pops. Mm-hmm. Like if you, and when I wear a blue gi, forget it. Like it's mesmerizing. Just, just watch, watch the videos.
0: All right. Well, you heard it here.
2: No. Okay. So oh, wait, ahead. there's more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't cut me off. We on. actually, yet. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we actually made a video about that whenever Chewy came down to visit, and we we did a video because Chewy was asking us about that. And so we just put it on video, this whole discussion, me and my, my buddy Jared, who's – we're both secondary black belts under Hoist Gracie, and that's why we have the blue sleeves. Uh, because Hoist Gracie's people have blue sleeves on their belts instead of the red. of the uh, Mostly to distinguish it from, uh, like, um, not only IBJJF, but mostly because of IBJJF to differentiate it from the Elio Gracie self-defense centered um, jujitsu versus the more sportive conventions that are more, you know, kind of overshadowing the, the self-defense aspect uh, that that's kind of the like more official way of saying it. Um, not, that's not necessarily, I, I'm not, I want to always make sure to put the, the disclaimer on that, that like, I am very sport friendly. Uh, I, I absolutely, like, love the sportive conventions. I love all the trendy stuff. I love everything, uh, you know, and I also like the self-defense aspect of it. Um, and I I try to wade in both waters as much as possible. So I'm not, um, you know, saying that that's anything against anybody. It's just what my teacher tells me to do, so I do it.
1: Fair enough. And you're a wonderful bridge. You're a wonderful instructor, I cannot believe how much free content that you have given our community and on behalf of that community, thank you very much, man, because I know that sometimes, even if I haven't thought of something, uh, if I watch one of your older videos, I just kind of go, oh, that was my problem. Oh, I should go do that. (laughs) So it is uh, a wonderful amount and I feel like people should take your course because you're very good at interacting with folks. I think you have some of the best interactions on the internet period uh when you 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 provide actual like reactions and um responses to posts and things on the internet so um it's been a long time coming to bring you on the show and i'm so glad that we were able to do it um kev do you have any parting words to him now that you're friends again
0: yeah, outside of you sound like you're running for mayor of jiu-jitsu. There are no yeah. friends here. You just beat the hell out of me I'm Wait, by the show. way, I
1: do believe I was uh, the mayor or the governor of jujitsu. jitsu I think that was what somebody called me once, and I really liked it. I, as long as you have the key to the city, man. i
0: always good. referred to you as the queen of jujitsu. jitsu Whatever you want to do. Uh, Hilarious. That'll wrap us for some UFC 247. <laughs> Eli, thank you so much.
2: Thank you guys.
0: I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening.
2: Can I get five?
1: And we The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is Please note, the new number is